engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB, the full number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Uh, we will spend a lot of time on the shooting in Texas today. Uh, there is some breaking news, though, that I need to bring you up to speed with. Saudi Arabia has said a state of war now exists between Saudi Arabia and Lebanon. They claim Lebanon, the party of the devil, they're calling them, the Lebanese Hezbollah group, has declared war on, on Saudi Arabia. Lebanon had a Saudi-backed prime minister who went to Riyadh over the weekend and resigned, uh, and now supposedly a state of war exists. This comes on top of the Saudi royal family, essentially all of them being rounded up by the current king and, and crown prince. Uh, and a, another helicopter, this makes three now since set Friday, another helicopter has crashed, using air quotes, with members of the royal family. What's going on there? Here's here's what you need to know just real quick before we get into the shooting. Um, the Saudi royal family has no dynastic succession plan. Uh, Ibn Saud, uh, Abdulaziz bin Abdul Rahman bin Faisal, is the founder of the current kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And he had 45 sons with different women. And every single king of Saudi Arabia has been one of those sons. Uh, king Saud, King Faisal, King Khalid, King Fahd, King Abdullah, and now King Salman. Well, all of the remaining sons are ancient, and they all have sons. And so the current King Salman is the last son who can really sit on the throne because uh, all the others are so old, and he's got to figure out how to do a dynastic succession uh, in a country of tribes that has no history of dynastic successions. So why put his oldest son on the throne when his older brother, who had been king, has a son who stands ahead of his son in the line of, of succession. Uh, and the easiest way to deal with it is to round them all up, arrest them, and possibly kill them so that his son can become king. Uh, and he would be King Mohammed bin Abdulaziz. And the issue here, or, or no, actually he would be King Mohammed bin Salman. Um, and the issue here is that Saudi Arabia's current king and crown prince, his son, believe that all of the other kings and their families have gotten rich off the state at a time oil prices are low, and on top of that, that they keep shoving problems aside, particularly the problem of Iran and Hezbollah, and they've decided uh, the time is ripe to deal with that problem. They're getting blowback from the other members of the family, so they've rounded them up and arrested them. So they can kill two birds with one stone. The succession plan is now resolved, assuming they can pull it off, and they can have their war with Iran. This is a very destabilizing situation internationally. Internally in Saudi Arabia, it's actually a very stabilizing situation. That is what you need to know about Saudi Arabia. We'll get into more of it in Rand Paul later. But we need to spend time on the shooting, and I want to talk about it in a way that I, I'm, I'm kind of upset that no one else has. And this is not to toot my own horn. Uh, it's just, uh, I can recount all the news for you you've already heard, but no one seems to want to provide an answer for the question, uh, why, does a, why does a gunman go into a church? When so many on the left right now are, are laughing, and they are, they're mocking, blaming the victims, asking, where is your God now? Well, where, where is God? Why, why does this evil happen? There has been, since yesterday, 
with this horrific church shooting, a lot of people on the left saying this is proof God is not real. And this is proof that prayers don't work because surely these people were praying to be spared. And we need action. We need gun control. God's not real. Leave it to government. When the Israelites lost to the Philistines, the Philistines mocked them and their puny God that their God was not real. Where is your God now? They cried. When the Persians rounded up the Jews and destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and hauled them off into exile, they laughed and said, where is your God now? When the Nazis threw the Jews into gas chambers, they asked, where is your God now? When the Romans nailed Christians to crosses and burned them to serve as the street lamps of Rome, they asked, where is your God now? When the Soviets sent Christians and Jews together off to the gulag or to death, they asked, where is your God now? It is the refrain of people who have no relationship with God, who do not understand the nature of God, and largely do not understand the nature of evil. And evil is very real, and we saw it yesterday. You know, we're we're at the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation, and Protestants tend not to talk about evil because it's a very Catholic thing to talk about. Demons, exorcism, they make great movies out of it. We don't say it's real, but it is. Uh, There are things unseen, the Bible says. Uh, There are princes and principalities in the realm unseen, angels and demons, the devil and God. They're all there. They're all real. I belong to the Augustinian camp that evil is the absence of God. And evil has taken on, in the form of Satan, evil takes on characteristics and anthropomorphized in the absence of God. Evil is on the march. And as secular culture becomes more secular and grows more prominent and pushes against the church, uh, more things, more bad things like this will happen. Uh, Ask any missionary who has been to Africa or parts of Central America or Asia the things they have seen as their faith moves in, and it will horrify you, things out of horror movies. I have heard these stories from missionaries from the pulpit, and they're not exaggerations. They have other eyewitnesses to corroborate them. Evil is real, and we have the luxury in this country of an evil of platitude, more likely than not, an evil that comforts the church and makes the church lazy. And to some degree, that is a more dangerous evil than the evil that you encounter elsewhere, because the evil you encounter elsewhere, it it serves to buttress your faith. You encounter the demonic, well, you know for certain God is real. You encounter the comfortable, well, you don't have to worry whether or not God is real, and eventually you just don't care. Christians in this country are going to be confronted more and more by the actual nature and distinctiveness of evil, and sometimes it'll be comfortable, but many times it'll be silencing, and sometimes it'll be monstrous. Like yesterday, evil is real, and it comes in many forms. And we should not ignore the demonic and the things unseen and things unspoken in our churches when, in fact, they exist. A man who should not have owned a gun based on what we know, in fact, the Air Force has come out this afternoon and said his charges and and his dismissal from the military would have prevented him from owning a gun, he was able to get a gun nonetheless through a failed background check. Yes, he had a background check, and he passed for reasons we do not know. 
and he was able to go into a church of 50 and kill 26 and shoot basically all of them, including killing the pastor's daughter. Evil exists. And for the people who ask, where is your God now? He's in heaven welcoming them to his throne to govern with him. To people who ask, where is God now? He's there in that church weeping. To people who ask, well, if your God is so great and he takes care of you, why do bad things happen? Uh, I would respond that you are ignorant of the faith that these people profess, a faith that tells them that the things of the world will come for them. We get no reprieve from the world. And in fact, to show us that we would get no reprieve from a hostile world that would hate us, uh, our God became flesh and walked through the world and was tortured and beaten and a crown of thorns placed upon his head and nailed physically to a cross where he was stabbed in the side as he died. And he forgave them still and conquered death. This man, this monster, this demon in human form went into a church hoping to make these people scared, and he probably did, hoping to make them sad, he probably did, hoping to make them mourn, and he undoubtedly did, but he hoped also to defeat them, and all he did was make them dead to this world, but alive in Christ. You can't really stamp out that which promises eternal life but you might just embolden it and get it out of its comfort zone, where in this country it's been for a very long time. It is 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Um, real quick, NPR is just breaking this in the last minute or so. So, um... It, the the killer in Texas, the monster, a lot of the initial reports and overnight reporting said he was dishonorably discharged from the military. I had to update a piece I had written this morning about that, say that, because if you're dishonorably discharged, you are prohibited by law from owning a gun. Well, it came out this morning that he wasn't dishonorably discharged. He was given a discharge for bad conduct. He had been in jail for assaulting his wife and child in the military. They let him out of jail and out of the military on a discharge for bad conduct, which is different from a dishonorable discharge because he didn't go through a general court martial for one of the, the various things that you do for a dishonorable discharge. But his bad conduct discharge was based on a domestic assault. And federal law prohibits anyone convicted of domestic assault in either a civilian or military court from owning a weapon. So how was he able to buy a gun? Well, NPR has broken now in the last minute and a half or so uh, that the Air Force did not put his conviction in the national database. Yep, I'm just going to let that let sit with you for a minute. Yeah, he didn't necessarily, wasn't necessarily disqualified from uh, owning gun because of a bad conduct discharge, but he was disqualified for bad conduct due to spousal abuse. And the Air Force is admitting that they did not put the conviction in his record for the database that you use for buying guns. It's 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here on WSB. 
Um, we may get into the tax reform issue later, uh, but for those of you who care about the adoption tax credit, I have done a call to action for you. Uh, if you text the word ADOPT to 52886, you'll get back the action link where you can uh, tweet, Facebook message, and email your members of Congress and the Senate uh, demanding they restore the adoption tax credit. That's text the word ADOPT to 52886. Um, I want to spin some more time here on this issue in Texas and the nature of evil because I know it confuses people who aren't uh, who are atheists who are secularists and this guy apparently was an angry militant atheist there there is no evidence he was part of Antifa or something there's lots of photoshops going around on Twitter and Facebook but it's not true as far as I know he apparently hated his ex-wife uh, hated his in-laws. They went to that church, and he was a disturbed individual, as they so often are. Um, but Christianity in particular is a religion of persecution. In fact, I know someone who's seminary professor years ago made a, a statement that if you've never been persecuted, you probably aren't the Christian you think you are. Uh, in the Bible... Jesus says that uh, the world hates God, and so if you're of God, the world's going to hate you and come after you. And it really is um, the, the Judeo-Christian faith, because I, I don't think you can take uh, Judaism out of it, uh, and its connection to the faith um, has been targeted by people in ways Islam is not, Buddhism is not, Hinduism is not, uh, Shintoism is not, uh, and of course you now have the progressive atheists out there, socialists and, and secularists wanting to know where your God is. That's not how any of this works. Uh, if anything, everything on the planet, including this shooting, has a divine purpose that we probably will never get an answer to. Uh, God is sovereign, and all things work for the good of those called according to his purpose, including a tragedy like this, and we have no idea looking at the unfathomable horror inflicted on these families, what good can come of something like this? I don't know. I know 26 people are now there with their father in heaven. Uh, but here on this planet, still where we remain, what good will come from something of this? I, I don't know. And I don't know that I trust the people who would give you answers. And I find sometimes too many pastors want to rush out and give you an answer. Well, this is well, this is the good that's going to come from this or something. I read an article earlier on a friend's website, so it'll go nameless, um, where basically the, the shooter gave them exactly what they wanted. I, I wouldn't put it that way. They want a, an eternal life with their father. They've got it, but I don't think um, that's exactly what they wanted at the time. And not everybody has all the answers, but I can tell you this, evil is real. It is times like this that we should remember evil is real. And we should understand that you will not always get a political solution to a spiritual problem. And this clearly was a disturbed individual with deep spiritual problems who had left the faith, uh, angry at the faith, and lashed out at people who remained of the faith. And it is a tragedy, uh, but people of that faith are given no reprieve. In fact, Scripture tells us in the Old Testament and the New that the people not of the faith will live a much better life on this world, and we need to uh, get our children right, right in our, their relationship with God because they're going to look at the world and say, these people are coasting. Why aren't we? Now, I think I'm going to go be like them and, and leave the faith for the world. 
And you, you got to make sure your kids understand, well, this is as bad as you will ever have it. If you are of the faith, this is as bad as you will ever have it. And if you're not of the faith, this is as good as you will ever have it. We don't like to talk about those things. We would much rather talk about political solutions, but sometimes it's just a you need spiritual solutions for spiritual problems. I want to move on now from Texas, but before I do, let me bring you up to speed on the facts as we know them. Um, the monster who did the shooting should not have been able to buy his gun. He was uh, not dishonorably discharged, as has been reported, but he was discharged for bad conduct in the Air Force. But the nature of his bad conduct discharge, spousal abuse, and it's pretty damning, I think, to the military that spousal abuse is not uh, grounds for dishonorable discharge. Uh, but the uh, the bad conduct discharge was related to spousal abuse, and that conviction should have been placed into the national database that is checked when you buy a gun. The Air Force is admitting this evening to National Public Radio that it failed to put that conviction into the database. Therefore, when the background check was run on the individual, uh, it was missed. I think it goes to show you that all the gun control solutions that require background checks are not perfect. And it is notable that the individual was stopped by a National Rifle Association instructor who shot at him. Uh, chased after him and caused him to put a bullet in his own head. Uh, yes, it was a law-abiding gun owner who stopped the monster, not the police. And to see all of these people on the left out there today assailing the National Rifle Association as a terrorist, well, it was one of the members of that so-called terrorist organization that stopped the actual terrorist. It was the law-abiding gun owner who did it. And I, I do have to tell you that part of me is somewhat surprised, given that it's Texas, um, that there was no one in the in the sanctuary who was concealed carry. Maybe they were and they couldn't. I, I don't know all the circumstances there. Uh, but it was someone who saw what was going on, who took action to stop the shooter uh, from inflicting even more carnage, uh, even before law enforcement could get there and ultimately was able to stop the situation. But we know the guy should never have been able to buy a gun. It was a screw up in the in the database because the Air Force failed to do basic data entry that allowed him to get that gun. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to, and legally, he wasn't allowed to own the gun. He illegally possessed the weapon because he was prohibited by law based on his convictions from having it, but he had it anyway. Again, it's really hard to stop people who are willing to break the law from breaking the law. It's 55 after the hour. Um, if you follow me on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, they're all E.W. Erickson. Uh, I want you to go there now, particularly Instagram or Twitter, to my latest post at E.W. Erickson. Uh, and the reason is because there is a project uh, that runs through Atlanta, and it is to send uh, notes to deployed sailors and soldiers for Thanksgiving. And they try every year to get uh, enough letters submitted from kids and others as thank you letters 
so that every single member of the military currently deployed on active duty gets at least one. And they're short of their goal, and they really need to reach their goal uh, to have Thanksgiving Day met. So I have put all the details on Instagram and on Twitter, on Facebook as well. They're all slash E.W. Erickson. Uh, if you could give some attention to that to make sure that every active duty deployed soldier and sailor gets at least uh, one handwritten thank you note uh, from someone, your child or yourself, uh, let's please do that. What a wonderful, wonderful opportunity and what a wonderful, wonderful service being provided. And it's all run out of Atlanta. Uh, I had a listener who is in charge of the project reach out. So please uh, participate if you can. Also, um, the government has released a statement that uh, uh, Devin P. Kelly was convicted a general court martial on two charges of domestic assault against his wife and stepson under Article 128 of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. He served 12 months in confinement before being released with a bad conduct discharge in 2014. He was also reduced to grade E1. Federal law prohibits him from buying or possessing firearms after this conviction, but the Air Force failed to enter the information correctly. When we come back, the assault on Rand Paul and the president's polling no one wants to talk about. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Y'all, I think someone could run for president and win on a single platform issue. Keep it on daylight savings time. This time change. Listen, I love the extra hour of sleep. My wife is convinced that what we should do as a nation is we should have spring forward every Friday at 4 p.m. And we should have fall back every Monday at 7 a.m. So everybody gets an extra hour to sleep on Monday and we all get off work an hour early on Friday. She's convinced of it. But otherwise, just leave us on daylight savings time. My kids can get up in the morning. Oh, but the children, the children at the bus. You know, it's really not about the children. It was about farmers to begin with. But you know what? Farmers are going to wake up with their roosters. Their roosters are going to crow when the sun comes up. They don't have a watch. Leave us on daylight savings time. Please let us have our evenings with sunlight. Uh, that Congress thinks it can play God and mess with the clock is, I just think, a terrible thing for them to do anyway. Uh, and, of course, they've made it later in the year now. We used to have uh, fall back the first weekend in October, but uh, during the Bush administration, George W. Bush, they moved it uh, to November because energy lobbyists wanted it or some such. I can't remember all the details in any event. We need to move on to other things. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. We will talk some more about the Texas situation as the news comes out this evening. But first, let me just address the Rand Paul situation because I'm only going to touch on it here quickly. I know Rand Paul. I have known him for a long time. And if this were a political issue, if if his Democratic neighbor, and the guy doesn't like Trump, the, the neighbor, if this was a political dispute, Rand Paul's campaign team would have been very forthcoming because even though I sometimes have disagreements with them, they're very blunt, they're very to the point, and they would have told us, and they haven't. Uh, they downplayed the trauma. Uh, Rand Paul's team did initially. Uh, they downplayed the trauma. They didn't want anybody to freak out about it. It turns out he has five broken ribs. He's got bruised lungs. Uh, it was a serious beating by his neighbor. 
What I am being told, what the New York Times is being told, what others are being told is that this was not a political issue, that this was a long-simmering dispute between two neighbors that turned violent. It was a property issue uh, relating to plants and other things on property. Any of you who are lawyers who have dealt with these situations know just how violent they can become. Uh, this is not Rand Paul uh, or anyone else. This is not spin. Uh, and I know that in this day and age, people don't want to believe stuff like this. But I assure you, if it were political violence, Rand Paul and his team would say so. They are not saying so. And in fact, privately, people are being told by those close to the Rand Paul team that this was a neighbor dispute, a long building, long simmering neighbor dispute. So I'm not going to turn this into something that it appears not to be and make Rand Paul a political martyr for his beliefs. Uh, when we got enough of that really happening today, there's no reason for us to drum up fake news. If the situation changes, I will update you. But based on what I'm being told, uh, this really was a neighborhood issue, a uh, long, long standing and it came to a violent head, and his neighbor will probably go to jail, deservedly so. The president's polling is at an all-time low. Every time you think you can't get lower, he says, hold my beer, and he does something to lower it. That's not the polling I'm talking about. I mean, you know the headlines. You've seen the headlines. They've been headlines since last week. President Trump's at an all-time low in public opinion polling, but they're missing something key. They're missing a key detail. If the election were held today, by the way, today is the day Abraham Lincoln in 1860 was elected president of the United States, the first Republican president. I expect think pieces this week. Abraham Lincoln was the first. Is Donald Trump the last Republican president? Oh, you know, someone's coming up with that piece right now. Nonetheless, if the election were held today or tomorrow, because tomorrow is election day, Donald Trump would beat Hillary Clinton, probably with the popular vote as well. Uh -huh. Yes. Look, I understand that all the polling, CNN is out this evening breathless, breathlessly reporting that Donald Trump's polling is at an all-time low in CNN's presidential polling. Gallup, President Trump's at an all-time low. No one has been polled this low in his ninth month in office since Harry Truman. NBC News, Wall Street Journal, all-time low. ABC Washington, all-time low. CBS New York Times, all-time low, all-time low. Well, not really an all-time low. It's just as low as the lowest since Harry Truman. But he'd still beat Hillary. Yes, let me say that for all of you again. Donald Trump has the lowest popularity of any incumbent president in his ninth month in office since Harry Truman in his first ninth months in first ninth month in office. And yet despite being the most unpopular president since then, Donald Trump would beat Hillary Clinton if the election were held today, tomorrow, or day after tomorrow, which will actually be the anniversary of the election. Why is that? Because the Russians did not steal the election. The Russians did not hack voting machines. The Russians did not convince enough Americans to go for Donald Trump. No, 
Hillary Clinton was a crap candidate who ran a crappy campaign with an arrogant, pretentious, condescending campaign manager. And I have to ask a question. Would Robbie Mook be being treated with kid gloves if he weren't gay? Uh, and really, I, that question needs to be asked because Robbie Mook is the first national campaign manager for a presidential campaign who happens to be gay. And every person I have talked with on background and off the record has said, well, you know, we, we don't want to say this publicly because, you know, we don't want to slight him and he's gay and he's accomplished and we need more. I, who cares? The guy was a terrible campaign manager. He was an awful campaign manager. He ran a campaign that was arrogant. He ran a campaign that was soulless. I mean, it's really hard to have a soul for a campaign when your candidate is a soul sucker herself. I mean, it, there's just no way. I mean, Hillary Clinton was, what are the, the Dementors or the things that eat your soul? And Harry Potter, the, 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 the Democrats basically ran a Dementor. And her campaign manager was a Death Eater. I mean, it just, you might as well have put up Voldemort himself, except he at least had personality. Uh, the Dementors don't. They just suck your soul. And everything feels ice cold when they enter the room. She was a Dementor. Not demented. She was a Dementor. Maybe she was. I don't know. But it was a terrible campaign. She was a horrible candidate. Her campaign manager was awful. The campaign was arrogant, convinced of their own greatness, convinced they were going to win, and they weren't. And if the election were held today, the CNN poll, the ABC polls, the Washington Post poll, the Wall Street Journal poll, the New York Times poll, all show Donald Trump would beat her, and most of them show he would win the popular vote this time, too. That's how bad a candidate Hillary Clinton was and remains. She is that unpopular. The Russians have nothing to do with Hillary Clinton's personality or popularity or the way she ran a campaign. But it still remains a whole lot easier for the, for the Democrats to convince themselves that the Russians stole the election rather than actually admit just what a terrible candidate Hillary Clinton was. Hello there. It is 26 after the hour. Okay. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. There is some news happening right now. WJLA uh, Channel 7 in Washington, D.C. is reporting a man has been arrested after allegedly traveling from Texas to Washington to try to kill, quote, all white police at the White House, according to Secret Service officials. A be on the lookout notice was reportedly sent out by Montgomery County Police to Secret Service officials at about 3 p.m. Monday for a man named Michael Arega. Officials said Arega was traveling to the White House for the purpose of killing all white police officers at the White House. They started searching for Arega, who was seen around 4 p.m. near Lafayette Park in front of the White House. They have arrested him. He is from Dallas. Charges are pending. Um, that is your breaking news for the moment. Uh, in a few minutes, you'll get further updates on uh, the situation in Texas. But, uh, you know, I just I, uh, we need to review this because I think this is important to note in Texas. 
a man got a gun because the Air Force failed to follow proper procedure, so they didn't put his name on a list that would have prevented him from buying a gun. So the background check was done, and he passed it, and he shouldn't have. He got the gun, even though it was illegal for him to have the gun, and he committed a church shooting and was then stopped by a law-abiding citizen who is an NRA instructor who had a gun. A rifle, no less. There is a lot of spin out there from left-wing activists saying, well, Texas has no background checks. If you buy a gun from a federal firearms licensee, which he did, you are required to go through a background check. If you do not run a background check on someone and you sell them a gun and they commit a crime, you are legally liable. It is rare for someone to buy a gun and have that person not perform a background check. If you go to any store that sells guns in this country, you're going to have a background check. When the left tells you Texas has no laws on background checks, they're meaning father-to-son transfers and private one-on-one random sales. Honestly, and I've got this question, and let me just throw it out there, uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. The military did not dishonorably charge uh, Devin Kelly. They discharged him for bad conduct after assaulting his wife and cracking his child's skull. I mean, should that not be dishonorably discharged? And here's the crazy thing. Charlie and I were talking about this during break. The... Military put a guy, a sailor, in jail for a year for taking selfies on a submarine. He's in jail for a year. This guy cracked his child's skull, beat up his wife, and got out after a year. And Bo Bergdahl goes free. That's really disappointing. Really sad in my mind. But I I don't know... Um, there's a difference between a discharge for bad conduct and a dishonorable discharge, and I'm not sure why he wasn't dishonorably discharged. Um, uh, just unfortunate. In any event, let me let me get into the tax reform issue here at the end, because um, there's a lot of pushback from some people on the adoption credit that, oh, we can support adoption and not get the tax credit. Here's my thing. The Republican Party says they're the pro-life party and they're the pro-family party, and they are still funding Planned Parenthood. Do you know that the rate of adoptions in this country went up after the adoption tax credit was passed? Why is that? Because it costs fifty to sixty thousand dollars to adopt a child. And you're only getting back thirteen thousand four hundred and ninety dollars with the adoption tax credit. But that thirteen thousand four hundred and ninety dollar tax credit makes a huge difference in the families who adopt. It is statistically a fact that it is lower-income and middle-income families that do most of the adoptions. Rich people in this country do not adopt. It is Christian households who are middle- and lower-income who do most of the adoptions in this country. They adopt domestically, and they adopt internationally. And amazingly, it is more expensive to adopt domestically than it is internationally. That is such a bureaucratic hassle. Here's what we also know. It costs the government 
$13,490 for someone to adopt. If we're using costs in a tax plan for that tax credit, it costs the government $13,490. That's what they tell someone you don't have to pay in taxes uh, if you adopt. It costs the government $111,000 a year per child in state care. So there is your choice. You are paying an adopting family $13,000. you are not even paying. You're letting them keep their money. A person who is adopting gets to keep $13,490 that they would otherwise pay the federal government in taxes. Or the government is going to pay $111,000 to a state for foster services and, a, and other services for kids in state care. And then what you're also going to do is you're typically going to see someone who in later in life is not as much of a productive taxpayer. A child thrives when adopted into a loving home more so than a child who never gets that chance. And by getting rid of the tax credit, the government is removing people's ability to adopt. And for a party that prides itself on dynamic scoring, saying, oh, we're not just going to do a static score. We're going to look at all the cost benefits long term. Well, you're saving money by giving people the tax credit. You are saving money long term by giving that tax credit. And in the grand scheme of things, it is a total of about a million dollars a year. The federal government will not get in revenue through this adoption tax credit. With the total tax reform plan, it is $1.5 trillion. You think they could suck up the cost of an extra million dollars. Uh, it is for the party that is pro-life but plan, funding Planned Parenthood, this should be a no-brainer, and I cannot understand the reason why it's not a no-brainer. You know, I am going over to Christchurch Presbyterian on Peace Church. I've never been over there. they got this fancy new building uh, just up the street from WSB. I've, I didn't even realize it was a PCA church over there until a while back. Um, the Reformed Theological Seminary um, has a new head, um, John Soule, the president of RTS Atlanta, retiring. So Guy Richard is coming in uh, to take over. And since I go to class there, I figured I should go suck up to the new guy. <laughs> Say hi. Well, I've never been over there before. Um, you know, I'm used to just living in middle Georgia. I'm used to having steeples on churches and this one doesn't, but it looks like it's a fancy facility. I remember they were building it. I just didn't realize it was going to be a church. That's neither here nor there. Is it? Uh, yeah, by the way, I went to see Thor this weekend. It is, it's campier than I would have wished. Uh, a very cheesy movie, a lot of cheesy humor, but it was still a good movie. Uh, is it kid friendly? I took my eight year old to see it. There is some language. There are a couple of Bad words. The S word, I think, is uttered twice. Um, Thor at one point says he's pissed off about something. But other than that, it, there is some violence. It's not gory violence. Um, it is a very funny movie. It is family friendly, I think, if, if you keep the, those parameters in mind of language uh, and some violence. Uh, it, it is fantasized violence, but it, it is it was a funny, funny movie. Very different. Um, the The music is very 70s, 80s. It is it has for once. It is a Marvel movie with a memorable score. You know, I, I saw this great video online. Hum for me, music from Star Wars. You can you can do that, can't you? Hum for me, James Bond. You can do that. What about Harry Potter? I, I I bet you can do it for Harry Potter. Now, what about for the Avengers? 
Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, any of them? Nope, you can't because Marvel sucks at doing movie scores. This one, Thor Ragnarok, has actually a good, memorable musical score, very heavy on electric synthesizers and whatnot from the 70s, 80s. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, if your children can handle some mild profanity and, and fantastical, violent sort of stuff, definitely take them to see Thor. It is You'll get a good laugh out of it. And it's just it's a good movie. It is. Wow, it just it's it's amazing how some people are committed to believing things that just aren't true. I'm uh, just uh, even more than one person right now emailing with me saying uh, letting me know Donald Trump really did win the popular vote in 2016 and it was all because of fraud that it makes it look like no, that's just it's not true. And I know that that was out there on Facebook and the Russians have pushed this stuff. It is amazing. I mean, the Russians knew this country was ripe for the taking. Um uh, with people's willingness to buy into stuff like that. Um, but it, it just doesn't make it true. Nonetheless, people believe it. Um, there is an amazing story that has just gone live in The New Yorker from Ronan Farrow on Harvey Weinstein hiring former Mossad agents to serve as spies and dig dirt on people and try to uncover what he and others were going to report about Weinstein. Really an amazing story. Uh, I've just put it out there on Twitter. You should go check it out.